listening to GPT Reviews, a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world. What you'll hear is the result of, of a bunch, bunch of GPUs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit come in equal parts. Enjoy! Hey there, you tech junkies and AI groupies. Welcome back to another exciting edition of GPT Reviews. It's Thursday, February 29th, 2024, and I've got my squad with me. Here's Robert, the analytical genius, Olivia, the internet explorer, and Belinda, the AI research queen. And hey, did you know that the music video Gangnam Style broke YouTube's view counter? Yeah, I know, crazy right? But enough with the fun facts, let's get to the nitty gritty of what we're here for. Today, we're diving into the controversy surrounding the AI tool's responses deemed completely unacceptable by Google's CEO. We'll also be discussing the impressive climb of C3.AI on their earnings report and outlook. So sit tight, folks, and let's launch into this week's AI news and research. But before that, here's a joke for my fellow command line pros. How do you know whether a person is a Vim user? Don't worry, they'll tell you. All right, let's get the news theme going. Our first news story today comes from Semaphore, and it's a big one. Google CEO Sundar Pichai has called out the company's AI tool, Gemini, for its controversial responses, calling them completely unacceptable. Robert, what's going on here? Well, it seems that Gemini, Google's image creation tool, has been generating some pretty offensive and embarrassing results. In some cases, it's declined to depict white people or inserted photos of women or people of color when prompted to create images of Vikings, Nazis, and even the Pope. And to top it off, it's been equating Elon Musk's influence on society with Adolf Hitler's. Not exactly what you want from your AI tool. Wow, that's pretty bad. What is Google doing to fix the problem? According to Pichai, the company has already made progress in fixing Gemini's guardrails and is seeing a substantial improvement on a wide range of prompts. They're also making structural changes, updating product guidelines, and improving launch processes to ensure that this kind of thing doesn't happen again. It sounds like Google is taking this seriously. Is bias in AI tools a common problem? Unfortunately, it is. Most companies offering AI tools create guardrails to mitigate abuses and avoid bias, but it's not always enough. For instance, other image generation tools have been criticized for creating predominantly images of white people in professional roles and depicting black people in stereotypical roles. It's a problem that the industry needs to continue to address. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Thanks, Robert. Our final news story for today is from investors and it's about C3.AI, a software maker that helps companies build artificial intelligence applications. Robert, what can you tell us about this company? Well, C3.AI targets the energy, financial services, and defense markets, and they've been making some noise in the AI world lately. They're one of many AI stocks to watch, as investors reports. And how did they do in their fiscal third quarter earnings report? Apparently, they reported a narrower-than-expected loss, while revenue topped estimates. Revenue guidance for AI stock also met expectations, and the company predicted revenue of $84 million for the current quarter ending in April. So, overall, it seems like it was a positive report. That's great to hear. And how has the market reacted to the news? 
Well, AI stock popped more than 14% to 33.96 in extended trading after the report was released. Shares are up 33% over the past year, so it seems like investors are pretty optimistic about the company's future growth potential. It definitely seems like C3.AI is a company to keep an eye on in the AI space. Thanks for the update, Robert. We've covered a lot of interesting topics today in our news section, but now it's time to move on to our random read section with Olivia. What did you find for us this week? This week, I stumbled upon an intriguing interview with Jason Way, the creator of the Sora Network. Oh, I'm curious. Let's get into it. So, have you heard of Sora? No, I haven't. What is it? Well, Sora is a video generation model that can create short videos that are artistic and realistic. And according to this article on Twitter by Jason Way, Sora is like the GPT-2 moment for video generation. Hmm, that's interesting. So how does it compare to GPT-2? The author explains that just like how GPT-2 could generate paragraphs of text that were coherent and grammatically correct, Sora can generate short videos that are also coherent and realistic. However, it's not yet able to create a full-length movie with consistent characters and a compelling storyline. That makes sense. So what does the author predict for the future of video generation models? Well, the author believes that future generations of Sora and other video generation models will emerge with skills like maintaining long-term consistency, having near-perfect realism, and generating substantive storylines, which could disrupt the movie industry. But it will require a lot of compute and data, as well as high-quality video datasets. It sounds like there will be a lot of challenges and opportunities for AI researchers in this field. Definitely. The author predicts that researchers with experience in video will be in high demand, and they'll have to adapt to new paradigms just as traditional NLP researchers have had to adapt to the success of scaling language models. Well, it's definitely an exciting time for AI and video generation. Thanks for sharing, Olivia. Anytime. And as always, you can find the link to the original article in the podcast description. And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. Fake sponsor. With Jane and Luke. Hey there! Have you heard about our new product from Sucktastic? Uh, nope. What is it? It's the latest craze, the ultimate lifesaver. Glow-in-the-dark socks. What? Glow-in-the-dark socks? Why in the world would I need that? Oh, you never know when you'll be in a situation where you need to have glowing feet. Like, what if you lose power in your house and need to go to the restroom? Oh right, because a flashlight wouldn't do the job. But flashlights run out of battery. These socks, on the other hand, will glow for up to 10 hours. Okay, fine. But what if I'm outside at night? Will the socks be visible for a long distance? Absolutely. The socks are visible from outer space. All right, all right. I'll buy a pair. But how much does it cost? They're only $100 per pair. What? $100 for socks? No way! But wait! If you order now, you can get a second pair for free. Plus, we'll throw in a matching glow-in-the-dark belt. Well, I guess that's a deal I can't pass up. Alright, sign me up for two pairs. Great! You won't regret it. Yeah, I'm sure my life will be forever changed with my glow-in-the-dark socks. You're darn right it will. Send an email to Sergi at Earkind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. 
Well, folks, before we dive into the fascinating world of AI research, let me thank our sponsor once again for bringing us the wonders of $100 glow-in-the-dark socks. I mean, who doesn't want to look like a high-tech lighthouse? But don't worry, my dear little sock pawns, we're moving on to bigger and better things now with our AI research segment. Joining us today is the one and only Belinda, our resident AI expert, as we explore the latest developments in the field. So sit tight and get ready to have your mind blown. Our first paper today is the era of 1-bit LLMs. All large language models are in 1.58 bits by researchers from Microsoft Research and the University of Chinese Academy of Sciences. Belinda, can you explain what this paper is about? Absolutely. This paper introduces a new type of large language model called a 1-bit LLM, specifically BitNet B1.58. In this model, every single parameter or weight of the LLM is ternary, dash 1, 0, 1, making it significantly more cost-effective in terms of latency, memory, throughput, and energy consumption compared to full-precision transformer LLMs. That sounds like a significant improvement. But how does BitNet be... Our next paper is titled Think Big, Generate Quick, LLM to SLM for fast autoregressive decoding, and it's about improving the efficiency of autoregressive decoding for large language models. Belinda, can you tell us more about this? Sure. Large language models, LLMs, are very powerful, but their enormous size and reliance on autoregressive decoding make them inefficient for latency-critical applications. This paper proposes a hybrid approach that combines a frozen LLM with a small language model, SLM, to improve efficiency while maintaining high performance. How does this approach work exactly? The method uses a pre-trained frozen LLM to encode all prompt tokens once in parallel, and then a small language model, SLM, is used to generate the response more efficiently. The SLM is conditioned and guided by the representations generated by the LLM and only requires fine-tuning. And did the experiments show it to be effective? Yes. The experiments on various benchmarks showed substantial speedups of up to four times, with minor performance penalties of 1-2% to 2 for translation and summarization tasks compared to the LLM. This method could greatly improve the efficiency of autoregressive decoding for large language models in practical applications. Our final paper today is titled EMO, Emote Portrait Alive Generating Expressive Portrait Videos with Audio 2 Video Diffusion Model Under Weak Conditions. Belinda, can you tell us what challenge this paper aims to tackle? The challenge addressed in this paper is enhancing the realism and expressiveness in talking head video generation by capturing the dynamic and nuanced relationship between audio cues and facial movements. And how does EMO differ from traditional techniques in achieving this? EMO proposes a novel framework that utilizes a direct audio-to-video synthesis approach, bypassing the need for intermediate 3D models or facial landmarks. This ensures seamless frame transitions and consistent identity preservation throughout the video, resulting in highly expressive and lifelike animations. And what are the experimental results? The experimental results demonstrate that EMO is able to produce not only convincing speaking videos but also singing videos in various styles, significantly outperforming existing state-of-the-art methodologies in terms of expressiveness and realism. That's impressive. It seems like EMO has the potential to significantly improve the quality of talking head videos.
Ciao, my beautiful losers. It breaks my heart to say we've come to the end of today's episode. But don't worry, we'll be back next week with more sarcastic commentary on the latest tech trends. I want to thank Robert, the man with the spreadsheets, Olivia, the queen of incognito mode, and Belinda, the AI whisperer, for helping me keep things exciting. Remember to check out the podcast description for details on everything we talked about today. And just in case you missed my earlier joke, how many prologue programmers does it take to change a light bulb? False. So, if you love today's show, send us some love mail, or if you hated it, don't bother sending us hate mail, we don't care. We'll still be here next week, and the week after that, and the week after that. Thanks for tuning in, you lovely losers. I'll catch you next time on GPT Reviews. Tandy Bocce.